Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I'm David Borax, and this is R&D in the QC. Tarek Bakari and Larkin Eggleston, one Republican and one Democrat who bonded as first-term Charlotte City Council members. Somehow, they both got reelected, and now we're stuck listening to another season of this amateur hour bullshit. In the first 82 episodes, they talked to a governor, a senator, presidential candidates, and even a journalist or two. Their goal again this season, bringing Charlotte listeners behind the scenes of the city council in one of America's fastest-growing cities. I won't be listening, but for some reason, you are. Ladies and gentlemen, on tonight's episode of R&D in the QC, we explore esports in Charlotte. Is Charlotte ready? Is esports ready? And we also discuss our business meeting, our last in the month of February. Join us for episode 89. Episode 89, that was the weirdest intro that we've had. You know, in hindsight, I felt it it came off a little weird. It came off a lot weird. (laughs) Well, sometimes that happens, Larkin. Sometimes the intros don't always work out the way we pictured them. I was going for a real vibe there. Um, You missed the mark. Before we get down to business, um, watched any movies lately? (laughs) No good ones. (laughs) Come on. So, Tark... in 89 episodes, or I guess 88 before today. We've never watched there, a movie together. There'd probably been no less than 13 references to Idiocracy. At least. And uh, and Tark made me watch it. Tark is now upset, not that I've not seen it, because now I have, but he's upset that I didn't laugh very much. Well, it was it was strange. He's like, it you should have been laughing bizarre. more. Well, but I think we laugh. I think you laugh at strange things, and I laugh at funny things. I laugh at both strange and funny. And there were things, things in there that were like slapstick. You didn't clever. laugh about the garbage avalanche of twenty five oh five. Well, no, I feel like that could actually happen. Well, that but that's the whole point. It's all like oh, this sometimes dystopian future. Sometimes simple minds don't grasp the depth of of the jokes. That's probably what happened there. Um, I will say... I had a great uh, welcome to Costco, I love you moment today. So now we're going to start citing these quotes all the time. And you're going to understand... I'll at least know what why this talking is, about. Why it's a cult classic. So speaking of... Um, Thanks for watching it with technology. me, Technology. Thanks for watching it with me. Tell us about esports. You want to change this topic from our from our movie night? I've, I've said as much as I think that movie <laughs> merits saying. Whatever, dude. Esports. Saturday... You were there. I was there. What'd we you were, see? We were at um, oh hell, I forgot the name. Tabris. Tabris. Thank you. Co-working. All space. these like cool hip new startup companies. I, I can't ever remember their one word monikers. Um, we were at Tabris over in South End mm-hmm. near Lincoln's Haberdashery and Nico for for those that know those. Um, tell them what Tabris is first. So maybe. yeah, Tabris is. I think it just opened its doors end of October, early November. Co-working space. Um, it, for those of you familiar with WeWork, a more kind of global name brand version, there are many smaller ones that pop up. We actually have several in Charlotte uh, and Tabris is, I think is one of our newest. I had kind of heard about it. I'd heard about these guys, Jeff Brokaw and his partner that created it. Um, but I hadn't been there until the last week and I was really blown away. It's very cool. It should be noted that Jeff Brokaw has a top 10 beard in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
all yeah, very nice beard. You probably know him for his beard. If not, you know him for his older brother, Tom, who also has done amazing work. A lot of age gap there. Tom Brokaw? I don't think they're related. Yeah. Uh, probably not closely. Certainly not brothers. So that, that place so, is so cool. So we're there. And it's, it's large. It is. It's very cool. They've got most of the ground floor of that building, which is it's bigger than you would expect just driving by it. Um, and so we walked in, and this is this is your world, not mine. I'd not been in a space seeing an active esports tournament going on, um, but the word intense comes to mind. Dude, how about some of those kids like talking <laughs> trash, trash? Talking. I mean, it was the we're looking at and each other like, yeah. I mean, there is some grade A trash talk that's going on. There's like, I mean, we we're trying to do some interviews, and you couldn't get through an interview without like some outburst. He's like, see, I told you, don't mess with the with the blade, bro. <laughs> um, we saw one guy. So we had a couple of so local sports celebrities there um, to support the discussion that that you had orchestrated amongst um, some stakeholders and potentially bringing more of an esports community to Charlotte. Uh, Muggsy Bogues, Del Curry, and Jonathan Stewart were there. Well, Jonathan Stewart decided he's young enough, guys. He's like thirty. Um, undoubtedly, plays video games. He's probably played Call of Duty. He decided to get on the sticks, and he was going to take on one of these professionals. And as you made the analogy, and and Jeff did as well, I think this was kind of like the equivalent of a, a single A baseball team in terms of the the level of play. So this would be the Canapolis Intimidators, or now the <laughs> Canapolis Cannonballers. They changed their name. Um, Thanks for that. So this is single A ball we're playing here with Call of Duty professional esports. Jonathan Stewart sits down; he's ready to go. The fellow that he was up against, probably in his 20s, is sitting like, first of all, sitting like 10 inches from the screen. I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't, but now but you say that. Or is that was, a, ta- it's a I don't tactic? Know. It's got to be a tactic. Like, that can't be good for your eyes. No, it can't. <laughs> um, my, our parents spent a lot of time telling us that yeah. it wasn't. This guy is sitting closer to the screen than I've ever seen before, which I guess is like maybe you just get tunnel vision and you're, you're locked in. I'm watching his head. His head is moving. These little like increments left and right, and his eyes are just like darting all over the place. He absolutely cremated Jay Stu. Fifteen to nothing against Jonathan. Did he actually get a shot off? I'm not sure he fired his weapon. <laughs> if he did, it was in the air. Um, I mean, he got annihilated. Oh. And then um, just so State good. House Representative Jason Sane was there to kind of talk about what you know, what the state's involvement could be in attracting esports at a, at a high, much higher level, um, to our community. And he'd brought his son who's, um, 11, maybe, yeah, 10, 11 years old. And his son played the same semi-pro esports guy. And, and the, did he get 11 a year old saying he got two kills? Really? Um, but either way, I mean, the whole thing was, it, it's, it's still funny to me. Um, because I mean, I was a very intense gamer, I guess at some point in like middle school, high school. Um, but just the idea that I could have ever done that professionally, I probably would have loved it had that been a thing back then. But the I, I guess the thing that's so confusing to me is I can see why the appeal is there for the players because I loved playing video games uh, at a point in time in my life as well. The thing that I still can't wrap my head around, but but you have shown and I have seen and read in other places that it is absolutely real, is there is a crazy market for people – just wanting to watch them play the games. And that's where obviously all the advertising revenue and the, and how you monetize the sport. That's the part I can't wrap my head around. It's and, sitting and watching someone else play call of duty. And, I don't want to be playing it. That, it, that, and it's just a different world. You heard Jonathan Stewart say in our meeting in there that 
some guys in the Panthers locker room. I think like you said Curtis Samuel specifically. Yeah, when sit they are not playing, practicing, they're watching other people people play video games. So in that tournament that you, we just talked about, um, again, this was a Call of Duty tournament. If you're not familiar with that, um, it's a it's a, one of the better franchises. It's actually one of the games I really like a lot. It's a war game. Um, war game, right? First, this was modern shooter. warfare. Yeah, and uh, they you, you play kind of all centrally on different maps, but. Just for that, which again, that, that I think being fair, while that tournament was awesome and I loved it, and it's five on five teams of five on five playing each other and doing a round robin around, um, and there's some of the, the the best folks that play that game around. It's really single A ball compared to like a a professional league that is right now in the championships, and over a, a quarter million people were estimated to have been watching it that in a 24 hour period online when we were there right there quarter million so that is just it's it's wild uh the the level of which people are looking at this and one of the other big things was you know i I think you have to go back and tell that 2016 story once again charlotte had a team in 2016 it was called envy and envy was here for about six months and the guys who co-owned that were looking for capital they need to invest to grow envy its valuation was around 10 million dollars um so they couldn't get it because charlotte didn't really understand that at the time um, and that it was a sport. Like, what do you mean? They're playing video games kind of kind of deal? And then an oil tycoon from Dallas who did understand it through, I think, $20, $25 million at them and relocated that team to Dallas. They got more capital, more investments. They grew. They grew their teams. I think they play um, – they definitely make, have, a, have a really f- first-tier Call of Duty team. They have a couple other teams, I think, that they play. You need to picture these franchises as like almost like a college sports – uh, organization where you know like Alabama has a football team, but a baseball team and a basketball team and a soccer team. Um, there's multiple oh. teams playing actually multiple games. I actually hadn't thought about it in that way. It's a so that's what a franchise is. So they have multiple teams of experts, kids that play just this game or just this game, and then they have a central staff. It's a really useful analogy because I was not really comprehending when we're talking about this other team. Yes how it's how it's divided there is very yeah, rarely sports across a college athletic department makes sense and there is very rarely as i've come to understand it crossover between kids that play on one team versus another to be that good you you're have yeah, to you're be, that good you're good good right. at one game if you're right? if you're the top tennis player in the world you're not playing exactly. a whole lot of basketball yeah yeah exactly so and then there's an entire support staff when you start getting big of like nutritionists and psychologists that work across all of these teams now that might seem absurd to you guys but I think the thing to remember is that team we lost because we didn't have the investment valued at around 10 million in 2016. That's been less than four years since we lost them. And now in Dallas, you can go and Google this. That team has been valued at over $200 million. Those, te- those players on that team are making pro sports money. And they're having psychologists come and saying, how do you feel today? And nutritionists like, you drinking enough Red Bull or whatever? I don't know what the nutritionist tells but them. There was some, they're all drinking energy drinks. Yeah, because well, I think this is like a big part of the sponsors. Yep. There was a, a lifted Jeep Wrangler sitting out in front of Tavers the other day with whatever the newest. I swear I think it was called Bang. Six Loco. <laughs> We should come out with six look. So, um, so, but the, I, I, to, yes, I was right. Bang energy drink. Bang six loco because four loco was taken. Um, when you need more loco, I'm showing we're you. Like, we're showing now we're like alienating right like now. probably a huge sponsor this. in this. Hold on, I, I just googled bang energy drink and look at the flavor that it pulled up. 
cotton candy. <laughs> cotton candy flavored energy drink. Hey, hey, let me tell you this one. Uh, would you like a extra big ass fry with your big ass taco? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. The second picture on Google Images for Bang Energy Drink is Rainbow Unicorn. Oh God. And that's need, made with real know, bits of unicorn. <laughs> I need to know more about this company. All right. So what? Uh, so so, so what the final the point. The final. The final point of that was, we had an have another opportunity. A couple of the folks in town. Uh, this is again the the Charlotte Phoenix group uh, that is a a, a franchise uh, team have identified an acquisition opportunity from elsewhere uh, in the world that. Um, that could bring us back to a point of bringing a global name brand in esports as an esports franchise, like we talked about, to Charlotte, and that is a really big part of a three-legged stool. One, you have the you have the, the a major franchise globally recognized that comes with the fan base, over ten million fans of uh, highly trained folks playing in it, support staff, all that kind of comes baked in. Second thing is we've got folks around town talking about esports arenas because you have to have an esports arena, a dedicated arena like Orlando or Las Vegas has been investing and building in in order to get the third leg of the stool, which is attract global championships that bring, you know, millions and millions of dollars and thousands and thousands of people to watch again, like you're watching the Super Bowl or the NBA championship. So the, the the opportunity has arisen. One of these big global name brands has come up for sale. And now we've got a group of investors around town that we've quickly, quickly been scurrying uh, to gather to, and, and spokespeople and others to say, here's the opportunity. Let's not miss this like we did in 2016, because we as a community don't understand the power of esports. Uh, serious question. Your inclination is going to be to just blurt out the answer. Six yes. loco. <laughs> but if someone's looking at this, someone like me who, who, still even having seen it firsthand and really fully wrapping my head around it. You know, if you looked at, let's say major league baseball, I mean this, you know, NFL is kind of its own thing and MLS is, is on a, a really high or quickly growing trajectory. So maybe MLS is an example. We've now got one of those teams thinking of a team. We don't have, we don't have a major league baseball team. We never have. Um, and there's not one in the state of North Carolina. If we went out and we were able to, you know, someone went out with a group of, of investors and bought the Colorado Rockies and they moved them to Charlotte um, do you think th this could have that kind of an economic impact? Because there's obviously big differences. You're not going to have a 30,000 person stadium like you might for baseball. You're going to have maybe a six or 8,000 person arena that could be used for other things, but maybe you have a lot higher opportunity in terms of streaming revenues and things like that, because there's people watching it all over the world that maybe wouldn't be watching if we moved the Rockies here. I mean, is this that kind of an economic impact that we'd have if we were tomorrow to go out and announce a major league baseball team. Cause if we did make that announcement, it would be national news. Well, what kind of a splash will this make if this gets pulled off and we actually get this franchise and we, we move it from the city it's currently located in to Charlotte. So, so I, I I'll give you a, a couple anecdotal answers from what I've learned so far. And, and just note that these other folks are experts. I'm ramping up. Right. But so here, what have I learned when I've been ramping up the state of Georgia in 2018 has been a bit forward in their uh, approach to embracing esports, and it's even grown since then. They have ha have had over eight hundred million dollars of economic impact in the in the year, calendar year of twenty eighteen for the state of Georgia. So, like, because there's a similar franchise in Atlanta, I don't know all the details, but I know the numbers. So, whatever's driving that, I'm not sure. But all I know is that when you and I look at major deals of economic impact in Charlotte and the Charlotte region and beyond, P 
Panthers, different game day, MLS, all that stuff. We're talking 10, 30, you know, the freaking NBA all-star game was like 70, it was like 125 billion or something like that in economic impact for a week. Yeah, right. You're talking about an annual impact, right? right? But yeah. I mean, even so, like when right. you look at the soccer, MLS soccer impacts, they're not over 800 million. So it's substantial numbers. But again, as I'm learning this sport, obviously the, the, the in-person stadium-like events are big and a big draw and they, and they bring in all that stuff. The real money is in merchandise, is in Twitch and Twitter and YouTube. It's really about the personalities. Almost imagine it like, are you familiar with like, do you watch UFC at all? The Ultimate Fighting Championship stuff? I mean, I'm certainly familiar with it. I don't watch it. All right. So I guess m- more generically speaking, imagine we got a franchise here with five major leagues that were playing within it, teams that were playing within it, different games. And on those teams, there were 10 people each, right? So there's 50 of these folks that literally each one of them at the right level, there's 3 million fans that follow. And every time they post out each, every time they post out a video or something, they're all over it. My son watches one of these guys every day around the clock on YouTube, any kind of time he can. He's only asked for one thing for his birthday, which is all this, this merchandise for this guy, unspeakable plays who plays Minecraft. All right. So the suggestion of one of our listeners who, who talked to me this weekend and said, sometimes we can go down rabbit holes on things that aren't directly city related. And this will be directly city related. If it, if we get the franchise, if we have the second, we've never impact, done that before. We've done it a few times. He said that we tried to actually, I think it was esports was one of the things. And he said, we tried to talk about hockey rules and we clearly didn't know what we were talking about. Icing. Shout out to the checkers. I don't really um, remember that. So, but what's the punchline here for the, for folks in terms of when will we find out if we get this franchise? What, how quickly could so this happen? It, it, again, um, a lot of it's in the hands of the folks in the private sector right now. They're trying to do their diligence. They're trying to uh, create um, a, a coalition for the capital needed to do it, all that. So I, I would think that we should have a really good idea within the next month if this acquisition is going to come through and be announced or if it isn't and they're going to maybe try to go after another target. So one month there. I think that the real exciting things is once it's announced will be what because the way it is right now is it's something that needs to be grown. So they're going to probably go after other sports. We have MLS here. Will we go after FIFA? Because there's some great synergies there with that team. With NASCAR, there are NASCAR leagues. Um, NFL, NBA, anything. NFL yeah. with Madden. NBA already has uh, a team. Oh, Charlotte's uh, Venom. The Charlotte Venom, right? And they play NBA 2K. And they're part so, of the Hornets organization. Right. So there's an awesome synergy for them to get more wrapped up in the overall franchise, yet still be the Hornets team. So, one, what are the teams going to be? Two, Again, going back to that element of the personas, um, like they're talking about some really creative stuff right now. Of like, do we have like a esports franchise house that essentially people in Charlotte could could play their way into, like the UFC's Ultimate Fighting Championship, and they're in there and competing to see who could make the team. Like that's the kind of stuff I'm I hold, I would definitely watch. I'm holding that. out hope that there will be a league for Tiger Woods 2003 on PlayStation 2. And if there is, my friend, I'm going pro. Could you create you, so here's how you need what you need to do. <laughs> create a coalition of community members who want who are that. We're only good at that game. Right. Like oh I no, am. just want that. Oh, okay. If it's a fan base, let let everyone know I, what the probably, fan base is. Probably not. Someone this weekend came up to me and said Tua, one kid said, I'm a FIFA player. I said, you got a good shot. Rally behind that. The other guy said, I'm a rainbow six player. And I was like, 
Don't know what that is. I don't but know. Right, cool. <laughs> but gather some friends. <laughs> All right. So um, that was that was a cool meeting, and I think uh, was eye opening for a lot of folks, myself included, to see. Do we say everyone's there? there Jay Stu, we talked about Muggsy, yeah, Muggsy Bogues, Del, Del Curry. Curry. We had Representative Sane, Sane, a bunch who, of who had taken his son to New York for the World Series of something esports yep. related. Um, so tonight's meeting, not particularly exciting, although there were a couple of, of highlights and. We'll talk about the the good thing first, and then we can talk about the crazy stuff. Um, there is a former county commissioner, and a and also he's a was a former state senator, and he just passed last summer. And his name last name was Blackman, um, and he donated in his passing in his will he donated two parcels of land that he owned to the city of Charlotte, and. Um, I didn't have the chance to know this man, but I know Mayor Lyles and Councilmember Graham did. Said he's a great guy. That was really cool to me. I mean, and and this is not like two obscure tiny parcels in the middle of nowhere. These things are both right near the Arrowwood Light Rail Station. Uh, one of them is actually really really big, and he wants to be part of in in his um, you know upon his death he wanted these to be conveyed to the city so that we could use them to help advance our affordable housing goals. And one of our main affordable housing goals has and continues to be to put uh, affordable housing near transit so that people can get to work, they can get to school, and get to, to wherever. Um, and the problem that we have when we try to do that is that things near light rail stations are so expensive that it really, um, at times, can be entirely cost prohibitive. So this was really cool. We had um, some of his family there. Um, we had some of his family there and his name was, was Jerry Blackman. And so want to thank his family. And, and obviously, um, he's no longer with us, but want to thank him for, th for thinking that way. And I mean, this certainly could have been a windfall to sell those properties for his family, but he wanted it to be something for the betterment of the city. And so it's cool to see it. And, and Malcolm said, you know, this is someone who was truly a statesman. And, um, even though he and Malcolm were in different political parties, clearly the respect Malcolm had for him was immense. And he just said, this guy's a statesman. And, and what better way to demonstrate how much you love your community than to do something like that um, even after you're gone? So that was that was a highlight so of true. my night. Very cool. Very cool. Um, other than that, we had a couple of good things we approved. We approved um, lighting improvements on Billy Graham Parkway. Um, we approved a change. Um, anyone who's driven North Tron or North, North Church Street lately um, – kind of from uptown towards Matheson and the Nodi area has noticed traffic pattern changes. Um, a lot of good things there, some of which we approved tonight will include new bicycle and pedestrian infrastructure, um, which did lead me to reference the person that lost their life. We don't have all the details on that, but someone lost their life on the plaza near Matheson last week um, while cycling in the evening. Uh, that's obviously tragic. We've got to do more. Um, this try and item we approved tonight, I think gets us, Further in that direction, I think this council and this and the past council have done a lot for pedestrian and cycle infrastructure, but um, we've just got to do more. And and frankly, we all as drivers and the mayor pro tem mentioned this too and said, look, you know, I'm guilty of it as well. We've got to be more mindful when we're driving. I know people are looking at their phones, and you know, on a lot of these 35 mile an hour roads, most people are doing 50, and it's just, you know, if you're on Independence Boulevard or you're on Brookshire Freeway or whatever, then you know maybe that's one thing because that's just meant for cars. But when you're on a street that and frankly, they shouldn't be doing it there either. But 
if you're on a street like Tryon or on a street like the Plaza or Central Albemarle or Harris Boulevard or whatever it is, those, those roads are also built for people to walk on and to bike on. And, um, our city is woefully behind in having safe ways for people to do those things. And so there's a lot we've got to do, but we all collect, we, the city council, we, the city government, but we've all collectively as a community got to be more mindful. And again, myself included too, um, when we're driving, because you never know who's going to pop out into the street. And, you know, I know people that have lost young children. We all know people that have lost loved ones, you know, that have been hit either when walking or biking or um, in horrible car accidents. I saw a bad one, a bad car accident today, right at the end of my street off central Avenue. So, um, we got to all, all be mindful of that and do better. We had a couple of groups of folks who came to speak, uh, one about climate change, one about um, airport workers, the Sky Chef workers at the airport. Oh, there was more than one about climate change. Well, no, I meant one group about climate uh, change, yeah. one group about airport worker wages. Um, the one guy said he'd worked there for, at Sky Chef for 38 years and was making $16 an hour. You see, so this I is... I don't know how you... I mean... This is my the problem I have with that. Like, I, this is not going to be a popular position. But the point is, like, clearly, 37 years, this guy's, like, a good, trusted employee. You don't make it that long in, in a job unless you, you're, you're a kind of a beloved person, right? You're still there. So my point is, like, whether I'm going to critique somebody that you're paid $16 an hour or not, if you're that good over time... Why have you not explored other options that aren't paying that? Like the market is going to adjust. If they can't keep paying somebody $16 an hour because that person is there, they're a good employee and they leave, they're going to figure out that, oh, we have to pay them more because that's how supply and demand works. Like I just, I, I, I have trouble with them saying raise minimum wage everywhere rather than, and I'm not trying to belittle, like this guy clearly sounds like a quality person. I'm not at all trying to say anything about him and his own plight, but like that's a, that's a long period of time over 30 years to be still making $16 an hour and have not, and have not tried to go out and look for other opportunities. Yeah. And obviously we don't know the details of his situation, but um, you know, and I see, it's easy to understand the frustration. I mean, you see an airport that's thriving and you see an airline that's, you know, top executives are making what they're making. Um, and, and to be clear, Sky Chefs doesn't just work with one specific airline, but obviously there is a predominant airline at our airport. Um, and so you, it's frustrating to them. And, and while, you know, any city employees at the airport make the minimum, which is now $16 that we've prescribed for our employees, um, that's not necessarily the case. Um, for contracted employees, some of these food providers, things like that. So, you know, I I don't know, and it's it's not something the city can dictate. We can certainly encourage, and I know in some cases, I think with um, with Host, which is one of the other food service providers in the airport, I know that there has been some progress um, in negotiating with American Airlines, and American has put pressure on Host, and I think Host has raised their lowest wages for airport workers. Um, I hope that we see the same thing for sky chefs. Again, you know, we have only so much control American, frankly, only has, but so much control. But yeah. but I think we can all use our voice and our platform to say, um, you know, fr- frankly, and, and for a small government person like yourself, I, the point was made by one person tonight. If you don't, if these people don't get paid a living wage, it does become, the government's problem because if they if they're making so little that they have to have 
government subsidized housing and government subsidized healthcare and government subsidized, you know, SNAP food stamps. I mean, we, we can either pay people more and let them be self-sufficient or we can continue to pay people $10 an hour and then force their hand to have to come back. Yeah, but and that, that is a, that is, that is not a good argument because while I understand it, the opposite point I would argue to that is when you raise a minimum wage across the board, some people get the better part of that and other people get fired because that's just literally how the market works. Find so then you're still going to... Has our workforce gotten smaller at the city since we raised the minimum wage to 15 and then $16? At the city? Well, that's because we're not a real thing. That's, that's just, this is, is, we exist is, on is Atrium, the concept of stolen is money. Atrium <laughs> cutting all sorts of jobs because they just raised their minimum wage to something like $16, $15, $16 And hour. those companies, I'm not going to talk specifically about them, but just in general, those companies, that there are... That is a very small percentage of of the employees they make, and that might mean they're not going to hire as many in the future as they were going to. So, but my point is this: like, we we have to figure out. Like, if I was over there and I was at American Airlines and I and I ran the show there, I'd look over at Sky Chef and say, "This is your problem," and they're coming to me and asking, and they're they're and they're hurting my reputation. I hire you as a. I hire me that much more, and I'll. I hire you as a vendor to solve problems like employee satisfaction, and that's there, and that's the right. And I'm going to take give this business to somebody else if you can't do that, because I mean, at at the end of the day, like that's they're a vendor. They're the ones supposed to be applying, providing that service to American Airlines. I. Yeah, I mean, and also can't help but feel this is some broader initiative being pushed by some kind of some kind of you know labor group or something oh, like that that's not hidden that's unite here it's a union uh for these contract airports. just workers. in charlotte or nationwide no, they're, they're all over but um i think maybe the negotiations are happening at a local level into like different negotiations at, in different localities but it's a unite here is a national organization that represents these these workers and I don't know a ton about Sky Chef, but I mean, you know, I'm sure if we looked up their CEO's salary, it's probably seven figures. So, I mean, I do understand the frustration that uh, you got somebody who's working for 38 years and is making $32,000 or whatever he's making um, and, and sees a CEO that undoubtedly is, is probably pulling in seven figures. I do think that there is room there. I mean, I don't think that that you can pay somebody what, what certain CEOs get paid and then in turn say, we can't afford to pay anybody at the bottom of our organization. Um, how big is sky chef? $10,000 or more, you know, more than, I'm sorry, more than $10 an hour. But anyway, I'll let you uh, finish with your favorite. So it was actually a, a, a one, two punch, uh, that we got. We had probably the youngest person that's ever spoken since you and I've been on council. Yeah. He was 10. Yeah. I don't know how old kids are. How old uh, was he? Yeah, it's a 10, 10, 11, maybe. So they pulled a little, a little box up for him to stand on. Came up there, uh, um, yelled at us for a bit, was going Hit for it. one of those real, uh, what's her name, uh, moments. How dare you? Oh, Greta. <laughs> how dare you? You should probably not talk about going. Greta anymore. Well, I'm just saying, that's what he was going after. He's a young kid coming to critique us on not caring about the environment. But then his mom got up. He wasn't disrespectful. Uh, he, he wasn't was, respectful either. Like he 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 was snarky back to the mayor when she accidentally mispronounced his name. 
But Snarky's like, kind of cute when you're 10. It's kind of cute, but it's also the mayor of our city. Like, ma'am, it's pronounced X is what you say, not rah. Like that, he lost me kind of there. And then his mom came up, and I think I got a better understanding of what's going on um, in their household right now, which is she, she I guess it was a mixture between um, uh, a personal life story update and slam poetry. <laughs> it, it was spoken word, yeah. There's <laughs> a... Yeah. There's a uh, nasty nurses, nasty nurses. That was one uh, key refrain that was uh, that was in there. Any other parts you'd like to comment on this? It was bizarre. I mean, she and then she described trying to force her way into standing <laughs> to give birth to give birth in like the hallway, but the nurses wouldn't let her. Nasty nurses, and then she was climate, and it, somehow that related to the climate. It was. Bizarre. I'm going to put that as, like, you know, we have a lot of people that come and, and yell at us. That was one of the top 10 strangest yeah. public forum speakers we've probably had in our two and a half years. I mean, it was pretty, it was, it wasn't quite there, but I'd say it's, it's, it's nearby helicopter guy. Nah, I mean, he was shaking the lectern. Yeah, and, okay. Like, he didn't write And also, his he had a conspiracy out. theory. That's that true. All right, fair enough. Helicopter guy is, is pure. Pure gold. Pure gold. Um, so that was about all the interesting stuff that happened in the meeting tonight. Mm. One thing, so our listener, listening audience out there absolutely came through. We asked them two weeks ago to um, oh, to help us at? with some more ratings. And so what did we have last time? Like 96 or 96, I something think. like that? 94 or 96. Um, so as of this exact moment... We are up to 110 ratings. Wow. Still a five-star average. We even got wow. a couple of new reviews on there, all positive. Mm. No one said anything snarky about you. About What do you mean about me? Well, that's usually what the snark's about. They say they want to punch you, your voice in the face. That's your voice they're talking about. Uh, we have another call to action. Ooh, another caller. Hello, caller. <laughs> First-time caller. Um, Charlotte's Bob Awards. Are best of the best. Best of the best. Yeah. They are. Who does that? Creative. Love I thing? just said Charlotte Magazine, didn't I? Yeah, Charlotte Magazine. Cool. <laughs> I think I said you said that first. Charlotte's. Oh, I'm sorry. Charlotte Magazine's best of the best awards. Yeah, see. And this week, so they do. Um, they do each section of voting. So, like, Ooh, know, are we a podcast option? Yes. Ooh. Well, no. I mean, there's not like a pull down menu. You got to type it in. You type it in. But um, so like food, you know, maybe it was last week, and next week will be. So there's another big call to action for our fans. Yes, but it literally it's this week. This is the week that they're doing media, culture, and entertainment. Oh, and so if you go to Charlotte Magazine's website this week and you click on the Bob Awards, it says vote now. It's going to talk about local media. You can vote on your favorite art gallery, best athlete, uh, best charity, best Twitter handle, all this stuff, family attractions, festivals, musicians. So we will encourage you to go on and support local musicians since we Mm -hmm. want music everywhere. Mm -hmm. There is a field. Best local podcast. Oh, guys, we now, have to do this. This this could be our do next break. Us. R&D and the QC, please go on to Charlotte Magazine's website. Vote for then us for the best could, of the best. We could pitch. Best local podcast. To oh. the, um, to the uh, what's that one uh, terrible podcast called? Pod Save America. We could pitch to Pod Save America. And say, so would you like to be on our award-winning podcast? The number one podcast locally would like to have you on. Um, on your show so if you're into sports music entertainment of any kind go on and vote for all of your favorite people in town yeah uh, for the the bob awards on charlotte magazine's website 
But please put us down for best local podcast. And we need you to really mount. I'm saying like, go get everyone in your neighborhood, all your friends. Make them do it. Work the phones. We've got to win this. That's that's all I got, man. Well, you know, like I always say, it's felt like the garbage avalanche of 2505 today, Larkin. I see. Now you're just going to like reach to find some way to to use a line from that movie I mean, I've been for doing everything that for years but i but it didn't bother me because i didn't even know what the hell you're talking about it was great to watch it with you it's very comfortable comfortable such a strange strange man <laughs> all right well i'm not even going to ask you to write late rate like or share the podcast this week because you've got a homework assignment it is go vote for us for the bob award Charlotte magazine thanks for listening as always we love you guys we're going to talk to you next time <laughs> <laughs>